Howdy, howdy, and welcome to my bloody Judy with your final forgets, myself, Zachary Patton Garcia. And Ian Carlos Crawford. We have our spooky lighting for today. We do, because we're going to be talking about Skinamarink a little bit later. But um, yeah, we figured we'd just chat for a minute, you know. We just uh, got back from Ian's birthday party weekend uh, in New York City, of all places. You got me out to New York in January. New York, I hate New York. I, I would never go to a New York... It's terrible. I was afraid to get stabbed, and it was. I don't like the cold weather, and it was January, and I was like, "This is gonna be terrible." But I will do it for my friend, and it was a really great trip. I had like a fantastic time. <laughs> I don't think I've. I still like my sleep schedule can't seem to get back on track. Mm -hmm. Um, like even if I try to go to bed, it's like staying out till three or four every night for like almost a full week. Fucking destroyed my sleep schedule. So I'm like. Last night I went to bed at like two, didn't fall asleep till around three thirty, and like woke up at like eleven. So for Ian's birthday, we had like this wonderful party at at Stonewall. It was really fun. I don't remember most of it. I've been I have a um a Sony camcorder from like two thousand five, and we filmed a bunch on on it for Ian's birthday. And so I've been going through the footage for the first time over the last couple of days, and it's just all night vision, all screaming. It's like in everybody's face. There's like nothing. Do you remember when um. We couldn't reserve the upstairs room, but do you remember when they were done upstairs and we all started going upstairs and then yeah. they told us to go back down? Yeah. Yeah. And so we have footage of Alistair at the top of the stairs filming everybody coming up and he's screaming, go back down. They they said we can't go up. And then you have me there going. And then, but there was like people behind us pushing us forward. And so then you have me going, no, go up, just do it. And we're all like trashed. And we're like, go up. And then you have Nick says, boo, come in at the very end and says, what are we doing? And it's just, it's, it's, it's some good footage. None of it makes any narrative sense, but it's fun. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, no, I've had like, I've had a Blondie Heart of Glass in my head like for a week now. <laughs> yeah, that. And then um, I completely forgot. It, it just, I spaced on it that we had a whole Celine Dion moment. Like she went through all the Celine Dion songs. We sang all of those. Um, it's a pretty fun night. It was a great night. I did definitely black out. Um, but I got to meet everybody and that was fun. And we got to celebrate your 40th. Happy birthday, Ian. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but before that, um, earlier in the day, uh, we took Ian to Alamo Draft House to see Skinnamarink because everybody had been talking about it. And it was like, oh, everybody should go see Skinnamarink. Um, because we had looked it up before. And when I lived in New York, there was not an Alamo mm -hmm. Draft House in Manhattan, but now there is one. And it, it did seem fairly new. Yeah. Um, and I think I think my friend Doug told me it was like a year and a half ago it was built or two years ago. Um. And yeah, I was like, oh, wait, it is playing the day of my birthday, but only at noon. And it was probably the first showing, right? I think it was, a, it was a, it, it, the, the time was situated real nice. Um, it didn't leave us much time to like take a nap or anything, but it was it was a good it was a good time. Um, the Alamo Draft House is like situated in this like dead mall that, that, that there's nothing else around. And you have to go down like four. It felt like Skinnamarine getting to that damn Alamo Draft House. You have to go down like four escalators to get to it. You can't go in the bottom one. You have to go I was like, like <laughs> only like a few minutes late, but I was later because I couldn't fucking. I was like texting Zach, being like, "Where is it? I don't know that I'm here." I'm like, just like, "I'm at the glass door. When I see you, I'll pull you in." Okay. <laughs> um, but we went and saw this. Now, I, we we are appropriately lit for this recording. Um, this I would hardly call this a movie. I don't even think I would call it a movie. Um, I think Troy used the uh, the the term experience and i think i would go with that because it felt more like an experience but oh i don't know man like 
I, what are your, I guess we'll start with the initial reactions. Okay. While you're sitting in there and when it starts, when it starts playing all of that, take me through your like thought process on that. Um, well, I know we both felt the same way at the start. It was like, Oh, is this going to be the whole movie? Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Um, I, I don't, I was really bored. I was like so yeah. bored. Um, it was like, I was both bored, but like the visuals were like upsetting, but it was more like, and I think I might've read this in a review too, but I promise I did also think this because mm-hmm. like, right. There are like few things that like still scare me that keep like stay with me as I turn 40. Um, and like, I think I've told you, I always have my closet door open. And I think I, I'm not even positive where that originated from. It might be poltergeist or it might be Halloween, but like, it's just like a nondescript fear of a closet being closed and someone being in there. It's not like, I'm not thinking of Michael Myers. I'm not thinking of poltergeist, but like, that's a fear that stuck with me. So like, one of the things that has always stuck with me, which is so stupid. Do you remember like early internet days where it'd be like the video where you're watching it and then like a monster pops up and screams yes, and it's like a yes. jump scare? That's what this movie felt like one long that where it's like, I'm nervous because I'm waiting for the jump scare, but also I'm fucking bored. Um, and I dozed off twice. We all did. We all did. My <laughs> husband went with us and we all three like came out of it and we were like, I fell asleep a couple times. Or like <laughs> I started I, to. I fell asleep. I don't know, like, each time was only a little bit, but I definitely fell asleep and then woke up for the jump scare of, like, the face. So I was like, look. And I was embarrassed that I had, like, a more of a jumpy reaction. Um, But it's because I had, like, kind of dozed off. Um, But I can appreciate it for what it is. I also agree that it's, like, barely a movie. Um, It feels... I think I said this... I think you recorded me saying this, that, Mm. like, it feels like... House of Leaves made into a found footage horror movie like Paranormal Activity, but uh, via the ring video. Like it felt yeah. like the video from the ring, but movie length. It is incredibly hard to describe this movie. We we talked about it all weekend with everybody, right? Because there was a couple people who had actually seen it. Like Troy had seen yeah. it. Um, there was, I don't remember who else had seen it, but we had like plenty of conversations about it and we were all like i don't even know how to describe it to anybody you know um i I, when we sat down like already the aesthetics were like got me i was like "Ooh, this is cool but i we were like five minutes in ten minutes in i'm like is this the fucking movie like are you fucking kidding me i was so mad I was so angry. I like crossed my arms. I sat there like a little petty child. I knew that Alice, Alistair, I could, I could, I wouldn't look at him, but I could feel when he would look <laughs> at me because he was wanting to like give me like a really angry glance. It's because we spent like 50 bucks going to the damn movies to see this. He was pissed. Um, I was pissed. And then when I started settling into it, and because there's a moment where you kind of have to accept that that's what it is, you know? And you're already there. There's nothing else to do but sit and like see what's going on. It is extremely experimental. There are this this movie robs you of, of everything a movie promises, right? Like you're traditionally you should see characters. You don't see characters in this. We don't see anybody. We see like a leg or we see the top of a head or the back of a head or something like that. We don't see any characters. There are no wide shots. There are only shots of like corners or like real close up on something um you hear this it's it's all filmed like it's filmed on it like a super eight camera or something um there's hardly any dialogue and when it when there is dialogue it's so faint that you can hardly hear it and sometimes they'll give you subtitles but other times they won't and you kind of just have to 
Um, and so when I sat, when, when I was sitting there, I, I, I told myself, okay, well, just kind of go with it because there's nothing else you can do right now anyway. Um, what, make Ian leave the movie on his birthday? <laughs> um, so I sat there, and the more I sat there, the more disturbed I got. And the more, like, it did feel like there was this big jump coming. And we were just, like, on our way to that jump, and everything that happened, like, had me on edge. I had, I was looking down at my fingers, like, so much during this movie, because I was scared to look at the screen, because I knew that there was a jump, and there really wasn't. There was, like, that one with the face, and it had a big, loud noise with it, but yeah. other than that, the, there wasn't the toy. Yeah, yeah, it just, there wasn't really anything that, that you're usually expecting, and, and I, so, so I paid attention, I, I was trying to put it all together and we left the movie and I just didn't know how I felt about it. Um, I knew that I appreciated it immediately. I was like, okay, I appreciate that. Like it did. It made me feel fear throughout it. And, but then throughout the weekend, I could not stop thinking about this fucking movie. I still cannot stop thinking about this fucking movie. And I don't know if that means I like it. I don't know if it means I'm, I'm so disturbed that I can't stop thinking about it. I'm truly scared when I when I go through my house. Like I'm 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 scared about all of these things around me right now because my this room is pitched black. But um, we we whenever it's late at night and Alistair's already gone to bed, I have to turn all the lights on. I have to close all the doors. I have to. I'm I'm scared of hearing that voice whispering out to me from darkness, and like telling me um like the the line that really keeps sticking in my head is um is uh kaylee wanted her her mommy and daddy so i took away her mouth that was that's like oh i have chills thinking about it and it really has stuck with me and i know it's stuck with you too because we keep talking about it even though you were like incredibly bored it, it it's lingering so it's had an effect you know Oh, and I forgot to mention, but directed by David Lynch is very David Lynch. Um, yes, which David uh, David Lynch, so the, the the director was Kyle Edward Ball, and he did list David Lynch as, as a uh, an inspiration. Yeah, because David Lynch loves a like, ooh, this mm. is you're either gonna buy this or you're gonna think it's fucking nonsense, but I'm gonna do it, and he does that a lot. Yeah, um, like my the big example I have is um, so the movie he made of Twin Peaks. Fire Walk With Me, David Bowie's in that movie. For the revival, apparently he has that character in there, but David Bowie had died. Mm -hmm. And like he, the character's still in there, but the character has been transformed into a giant tooting tea kettle that toots out smoke and it like shapes things that are creepy. Mm -hmm. And like, and that's just like, I, I I didn't buy it. I was like, this is stupid. Um, but I know some people were like, oh, like, that's cool. Like, blah, blah, blah. And like, that's the kind of shit this movie was doing where either like, either you like accepted it or understandably like your husband, Alice, they're fucking hated it. Yes. I, I don't know many people who are more in the middle about it. And so I would have to, I would have to say, I, I truly appreciate it. And I probably do love it based on that. Right. Um, because it just doesn't feel like a movie or an experience for people to fall one one side or the other like alistair truly hates it and he like he when he thinks about it he still gets mad about it he's calls it a pretentious piece of shit and and all of that i but, so wait i will say i think ahead. i'm in the middle because you like a pretentious mm. i don't mm. i feel like i get very eye rolly at pretentious stuff mm -hmm. and you kind of like can buy it more than i can so but i do think i'm in the middle because like i do think it's very fucking okay pretentious. But I do like 
like you said, like we've been talking about a lot and like last night I was alone and I was like reading up on it and I got creeped out. Um, but I get easily creeped out when I'm alone. Yeah. Like I also watched Cabin in the Woods last night, which is like not a scary movie and was getting creeped out. So like we were um, one of the nights that we were in New York uh, in our hotel room. I, I had chosen my side of the bed to be next to the wall. Um, there was an outlet right there and stuff like that. And one of the nights we were there, I just kept like my mind was telling me there were things in the dark. And so I had to move over. I had to switch spots with Alistair. I had to sit next to the window and I had to open the window so that I could have some light and like I could see things because it was it was too damn scary. I just kept thinking. I, I, I don't know what I, I kept thinking. I kept thinking I was going to see a face coming from the darkness or something. It like is a movie that has truly stuck with my psyche. And that's why we're doing it episode on this because we didn't plan on doing it but like i just have so much to kind of talk through about this 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 sort of experience um and like the interpretations of it are like have my mind running wild i've been watching all the theory videos i think i've landed on one that because initially i was like okay well that's purgatory i take it as the kids were probably abused or killed by the mom or maybe the dad killed the mom and the kids or something like that um and they're like stuck, you know, and maybe there's a demon, maybe they're in hell, maybe something like that. But then um, there's a theory out there that that uh, the kid Kevin, the younger of the two, is in a coma. And I, I kind of buy that a little bit more. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm sold on that theory like 100 yeah. um, percent. And I'm, I'm like you, I like I like hearing the different theories, you know, even if it's a stupid theory, I like like oh, that's what yeah. someone thinks. Um, but yeah, I was reading up on them and that. Because especially like the short film that he did, Heck, that basically mm. Skinner Rink is the movie version of, um, like that kid very explicitly says he's like, I think we're in hell at the mm. end. Um, so while like I still could buy the purgatory thing, like I feel like both make sense. Like those are the two that make the most sense yes. where it's like he is at least on his way to dying or on his way to like falling you know, like either he's on his way to purgatory or like on his way to hell, mm-hmm. which would make sense for all the like weird visuals and like that shit. Or like he's in a coma and this is his brain. Like he can't, he's slowly not remembering things. So he's slowly, either way, it's him slowly fading away. And I yes. think that's what makes the most sense. And that's what makes it really scary too. Um, or there's tons that make it really scary. I don't know. Like, so at the beginning of this thing, we, we, we get the dad and it feels very regular. Like, it feels like there's people home. It feels like things are going on. The dad's on the phone. Um, we hear, we, we, we initially hear like falling down the stairs. Then a kid crying. It sounded like a baby. I thought yeah. there was a baby in this. And I, Kevin, he just has a, the, his cry sounds just like a baby. Cause we hear it later too. Um, he cries. We hear like the door close and the car like drive off. And then later we hear the dad on the phone talking to what I would assume was the mother saying, yeah. well, so Kevin fell. Um, he doesn't need stitches or anything. So the theory goes that then we see him, his comatose state, um, that him falling down the stairs has like sent him into a coma. And throughout the film, he is, he is just fading more and more away. He's um, losing everybody because he, he's hearing these voices and the voices are from the outside world, maybe, or um, I don't know. It just, and, and then at the very end, uh, we, we hear a, a voice tell him to go to sleep and he says, what's your name? And it just says, go to sleep. And it like doesn't answer. And then, the movie ends and so that would just be kevin finally slipping away right and it, that makes a lot of sense to me but also like i think our brains are just so trained to this 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 movie does everything that 
are against what our brains are trained to do. And our brains are really trained to decide on a plot line, decide on a story. There has to be a story connected, right? Well, maybe there's not a story. Maybe it's there's nothing. Um, I, he, the director was very inspired by, and like you mentioned with the with short film, was very much like this as well. The director was very inspired by sort of childhood and we talked about this when we, we went to Joanne, by the way, Lady Gaga's dad's restaurant. That was pretty fun. Um, but we were talking about it there that this felt like childhood memory. And we have two different perspectives on childhood memory here with Kevin and Kaylee. And Kevin seems like he's about four, right? And so we were talking about, well, when do you become conscious and have your first, like, through memory? You know, when I try to think back to my earliest memories, they're just fragments. I can't really like put a story together. They're just fragments. And it feels yeah. a lot like in this, when we get Kevin's POV, it's all just fragments, the tight, tight, close shots, all of the, like everything's just really disjointed. And then when we do get Kaylee's POV, it's a lot more fluid. Like we get her starting at the bottom of the stairs, walking up the stairs, going into the parents' bedroom. Um, the dad telling her to look under the bed, fucking crazy. Crazy shit right there. I, I was so scared when that part came on. Um, I was like, just go back to your brother. Just don't, go don't back to bed. go downstairs. Okay. <laughs> and then, uh, but that's like a lot more fluid. So, and she would be the older one who would be able to right. piece together memories like that. Um, so I also read that. I, 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 and I think that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Um, it's just like a lot of this stuff is just so, feels so. Like, I, I feel like he did a really good job at kind of, like, reminding us of childhood psyche, of, like, what our minds were like as children, you know? Yeah. Well, and, like, I did read some people think that it, which I don't, I don't know. I, I, this one I don't buy as much, but I, I, I could see it. It's like that this was the kids dealing with, like, either abusive parents or, mm -hmm. like, parents who were abusing each other and, like, splitting up. Yeah. And that's why they were, like, facing away from each other on the bed. Um. And like, I mean, I still think it's either they're in purgatory going mm -hmm. to hell or he's in a coma fading away. But yeah. yeah, I I mean, those series also like, you know, make sense with like, if we're, it's a metaphor, you know what I mean? If yes. like, it's a metaphor for that, then yeah, sure. I could see that the same way. Um, the Babadook is like kind of about, I forget what the fuck is it that people say it's about? It's like depression and like stuff, grief, right? Yeah, depression. grief and yeah. depression and all that. Yeah. Um, like, I think the Babadook, when I first saw it, it's pretty straightforward. Like, it can read as a straightforward, like, this is just what it is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, there's this fucking creepy, scary thing that's haunting them. But then when you, like, think about it more, it's like, okay, I could see it being a metaphor for this or that. Yeah. Um, and same thing with this. Like, when I was watching it, it was just like, okay, this is just a creepy filmed thing with kids. But, like, I also can buy that it's about something more. There's, I, I do think it's about something more. I think it, it's definitely a, a, a film. I hate fucking saying it. Like, I really hate saying it. We're doing it as a blanket term, guys. Um, but I, I just think, like, if we want to put a narrative structure to it, I think, like, the comatose thing sounds really good. Purgatory, hell, whatever you want to do. But I think even deeper than that, I think more than that, it is just childhood experience. And so what you... I, I, I think I, I see a divorce storyline in there. Absolutely. I do think there's a divorce going on there. I think that was pretty evident for the beginning when the mom's not there while the dad's talking yeah. about Kevin falling. Um, I think the shots of there's like, uh, like a couple minute shot of, of 
like blood and screaming and then like the blood goes away blood and screaming the blood goes away the blood and screaming the blood goes away that's abusive you know there's something going on there um it, and and so some of the creepiest parts though are are um at one point Kaylee and Kevin cuz i guess the oh, <laughs> I feel like I'm just talking in circles. Overall, the plot, when you read it, it says that two kids can't find their parents and there's no windows or doors in the house. And so that's like basic, right? And so it's true. There's no windows or doors. They like go away. There's no toilet for some reason. They have to like go in buckets. Um, yeah. <laughs> that was random. <laughs> um, this demon's real fucked up. Uh, but then there's so, so they're kind of just like wandering around this house. And they decide to, like, camp out in the living room. We're going to sleep in the living room. Um, and there's one moment where they, like, push the couch up against this little entryway from the hallway to the living room. Yeah. That was, was so scary every time they flashed to, like, a shot where you could kind of see it. Um, reminding us that, like, we're blockading something sinister on the other side there. And we're and staying like, Poor here. children, yeah, like, that's their safe spot, which is in that safe. Yes, and whether it's, like, actually a demon or something, or they're just kind of, like, camped out in the living room because there's a lot of drama going on with the parents and abuse going on or whatever. Um, it's it's scary, and, like, they're huddled up in this in the living room, and they have the TV going, you know? They're, that, that was another point, is that if you're... Um, if you were ever raised by the TV, you understand this how you you sitting in front of the tv is your comfort zone you know you pull up a blanket you sit on the couch you watch tv you you have your tv and your tv's raising you because your parents a little bit more absentee um that was good that was some really I mean, but good even stuff. so like i think mm -hmm. of like i don't know i like every time my grandma babysat me we would watch it would, like she would be there mm -hmm. but it would be like we i would be on the floor watching tv yeah. like very close and she would be like sitting like you know exactly like that's that's why there, there's really no like through line here is because everybody had a different childhood experience right and so right. when we watch this we we pull our own sort of experiences so one thing i really had trouble with i'm having a lot of trouble now is remembering what or, or deciding deciphering what my mind is telling me i saw because in my mind, I'm seeing the whole thing play out. I'm seeing full shots. I'm seeing the kids. I see, like, everything in my mind. But that's not the movie we saw. We saw nothing. There was nothing in this movie. And right. so it's really hard for me to pick out, like, what did I watch in the movie? Or what is, like, what did my brain just decide I saw, you know? Well, that brings me to the one critique that I know didn't bother you. But mm -hmm. I think it's to the movie's detriment that we don't see the kids. Because I feel, I felt less emotional pull than I would have if I like, like, I think I've talked about this a lot. I think mm. it works for me because those kids look like kids. Right. And then I'm more scared. And, you know, that's what I've said about Chucky. I like that the kids look like kids because for me, I'm not that I'm like, oh, kill them. But like, if it's like clearly a 20 year old playing a 15 year old, I'm less, I'm more like, yeah, that's an adult. You know what I mean? And like, mm. if it's a kid kid, I'm like, oh shit, this poor little kid. Um, and so I think it was the movie's detriment not at least showing their faces like occasionally mm -hmm. because I felt like I couldn't again because like the kid talked like a kid but then when he cried it sounded like a baby so I had trouble even being like I don't know how old this child is um is he one is he five um and I like think not he says four them. on the yeah. police tape right I think he does yeah okay. um and like but for me it's like I can't I have trouble figuring out where I land in sympathies if I'm not seeing them. Mm -hmm. um, and like, yeah, it was like, sometimes they were a little too cutesy kid. 
like mm-hmm. i don't like the, the kevin talked in like a weird baby voice and sometimes it was babier than others and sometimes it was more muffled and i just i felt like i needed to see them to be more like afraid for these kids mm-hmm. um but that didn't bother you right it didn't bother me so i but, but i come i that's the thing is like i completely agree with or not agree but like see where you're coming from on that because i see like what for a lot of people is needed to get that emotional response right um i think i just happen to be some one of the people that it, like really worked for like not seeing them and just hearing them because he did sound like a four-year-old to me like what was really effective was that they were whispering to each other they were always whispering and i really like there was really no sort of explanation for that because like they didn't know what was going on but it felt like they were like keeping hush had the the hallway barricaded like because of something right, right? that they didn't want to cause bring attention to themselves, which could be like, you know, you don't want to bring attention to yourself because the parents are upstairs doing something or whatever. Um, or cause there's a monster. Like, or there's a monster. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. All of it. Um, and that really worked for me. And we got our explanation there when Kevin calls the police and the cop is like, or the, the 911 dispatcher is talking through with him. And he's kind of like, and, and the 911 dispatcher at one point says, why are you whispering? And then we don't hear anything. Right. And like, I have chills right now, just like thinking about that and talking about that. And, I think the we we get two almost full shots of both of them. So with Kaylee, we get the shot of her when her mouth and eyes are kind of um, they're gone. They're and gone, I, yeah. I thought that was the bomb at first, but I guess later on they explain yeah, it's Kaylee. Yeah, he says it's her. Yeah. And then the the shot of Kevin. There's like a shot from behind where it's almost like an adult looking down at Kevin. Yeah. And, and so again, it. it feels like POV is switched to an adult this time because the the shot's wider. It's more memorable, and we see him like kind of almost turn around, and then we go back into Kevin's POV. You know, um, and all of that really really worked for me. Um, it made me feel because it almost felt like. I was reverted back into a child's mind, and this is what I was seeing. This was what I was experiencing as a child, and it made me fearful. Like, where are my parents? Where? Why, why do I feel this way? Why do I feel alone? When Kaylee disappears, this the the feeling of loneliness and like fear of being alone is is so strong, and I like I I thought that was the the best part of the movie is when Kevin is just there in the living room. You know, he's not going to go beyond the boundary. Um, and then intermittently you keep hearing this like demonic voice that's not really demonic it's just like the pitch it's pitched down and it's like more well, then towards the end it does get more like demonic yeah i think yeah. what makes it more demonic is just that it, instead of the child's whisper it's more assertive you know we hear it as more assertive um and it like tells him to stab himself in the eye. Like some of the, that stuff, I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to see here. This is like hell to me then. So this is a demon, right. you know? Right. I still don't know what to make of that part. I guess the theory of the comatose theory is that he had surgery. Um, I mean, the the thing is, because I read someone saying that the coma theory doesn't work because you see the sister's POV. Yeah. But like, if your mind's just like blasting off shit, I could mm. buy that maybe he has a like like a vision of it's just like you know you can dream yeah. and see people doing shit like right like so like for me that's why i'm like okay well that works on all levels because if his mind is just deteriorating and like firing off memories and firing off shit mm-hmm. like it's not like that was a coherent you know what i mean it's not like didn't make sense the yes. parents sitting on the bed looking at the wall telling her to look under the bed so that's why if it was like a scene that made total sense i'd be like yeah that doesn't make sense but because it doesn't 
I can still buy that that's all in his head. You know I, what I mean? The same yeah. thing with like a weird monster telling him to stab himself. Like, have you ever heard, um, looked up like stories of people who were in comas for a very long time and then came out of it? Um, a lot of them will say that, and this is like, again, so scary. Um, but a lot of them will say that they're very conscious of what's going on in the outside world. It's just they can't react, right? Or like it just feels like they're – I've heard some people say it feels like they're just in blackness. Um, I've heard other people say that you know it's almost like a dream, but what's going on in the outside world is is influencing that dream. And so people inside the dream are doing those things or like – you know, um, and that lends a lot to this as well in that – Did you ever he, see the he, movie um, – mm-hmm. oh, sorry. No, go ahead. Go sorry. ahead. Go ahead. The Bell and the Butterfly? No. It's like about a guy that falls into a coma and it's all through his point of view. And it's like, Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm not sure if he's fully in a coma or just like paralyzed completely, but it's like, it's based on a memoir that he wrote. And like, it's all just shot from his eyes. And it is devastating. Like it made me cry so much. You said, let me look. Yeah. I think that's what it's called. Um, And like, it was pretty good. Like for me, that worked. And it was, I did stuff like that where it would show like people would take him out in the wheelchair and he could very much see mm-hmm. what was going on. And you would see the person he focused on that was like the person he cared about that was like his wife or his kid. Um, and that shit was like really upsetting. And I thought, yeah, like that, that's kind of about that. So, mm-hmm. yes, I tangentially, that's how that's related. But that's I, what and I, mean. I, and I think that it does lend a little bit to that comatose theory in that, um, it is like he's hearing the outside world, you know, like Kevin is hearing the outside world here um, and getting a lot of that outside influence, but is still like, like, again, he can't just make out that he's in a coma. He's not sitting there going, I'm in a coma. Please help right. me. Somebody wake me up. You know, it's very confusing. And as the audience, you are also really confused because the character is confused and because everything they're seeing is confusing and like it just... I don't know. There's just so many different ways to play with this one and to what different things to take from it. I know that the director and writer had a clearly, cause I went through the YouTube channel and the YouTube channels all very much the same. It's like the same oh, yeah. exact stuff. Like the, the, the short film heck is like very much this, like you yeah, already yeah. brought that, that I up. Watched. Yeah. Um, and it seems like they've got a really good grasp or like really, they've got the pulse of, of that childhood psyche that we all tend to really forget and like kind of move on like we we can talk about our childhood trauma all the time but can you feel your childhood trauma can you like go into it as deep as that i thought that was like brilliant that he was able to do that and elicit those reactions um and that sort of like thought for you and so his his inspirations were really like childhood home you know he filmed this in his childhood home in canada um you know the different feelings you feel as a child mostly like you know when you wake up in the middle of the night on the couch you know after falling asleep on the couch and and you're you feel out of place right and you feel scared i still feel, feel that like, way yeah <laughs> listen I'm, I'm very scared right now <laughs> we should have done the lights um <laughs> i think it just works so well you know and i think what i take most from it is just the the childhood feelings i think that's where i land most surely on it because everything else is just such a such a mind fuck for me like trying to like make pieces fit when then, you know, other pieces don't fit. Well, and like the thing is, this also could just be like if he was like, actually, it's a straightforward haunted house movie. There's there a demon go. in the house. There you go. Like, that also Very works, right? It be. does. <laughs> yeah, because there is this malevolent, like sinister, omnipresent, like something in there. Yeah. 
that's talking to him and we don't see it at the very last shot it feels like it's a black screen and then like just faintly you see what you can tell is a face but you don't see any features you don't see anything it feels very out of focus it almost feels like you know when you like stare at something and then you close your eyes and you see it on the inside of your eyelids yeah, you yeah. know it feels very much like that yeah um I can't tell if that's the parents on the outside world. I can't tell if that's this demon. I can't tell if it's like some sort of self-portrait, you know, like we don't know. And that's what makes it so scary is that whatever this thing is, whether it's from the outside world, it's an actual demon. It's the fucking devil. We just don't see it. Right. And the thing, but the things that it's saying is, is so terrible to say to a child like i took your mouth away because you wanted your parents like that's fucking crazy yeah stab your eye i guess that's a worse one but like <laughs> I <was gonna> say, <laughs> yeah you know it just it's it's terrible um and they hate at one point kevin has a whole conversation with this thing while it's like in my brain again my brain is telling me that it's while kevin is staring across the couch into the hallway while the hall from the hallway that voice comes but there's still this barrier and this voice is saying kevin's like how did you do that and the voice is like i can do anything you know kaylee was bad kaylee didn't listen so yeah. you need to listen you know like all of these things and it just is it just makes you feel sick it makes you feel like yeah that's wrong you know we talk a lot about on this channel about like the scariest things being things that are out of place that feel wrong that are not supposed to be there and that's yeah. very much that yeah and like we got that one scene of that old cartoon looping mm. um and i that's the thing i read where it's like that's that the demon is a new demon and like figuring out what they can do and i can't now i can't remember but it said that that led to something else later but i forget what it oh it's when um his blood keeps going on the floor and then not being on the floor and then going on the floor and you keep like hearing him scream, then not scream, then scream. Mm. Um, that like, that was the demon figuring out how far it could go. Like it was testing it out on the TV and then it was testing it out on the kid. Yeah. Um, and I can kind of see that, right? I can see that. I can also see it being like the demon. So the demon's a new demon trying to figure out what it can do. Um, and maybe it was conjured by abuse that went on in the house. Like if we want to get real literal with everything, right, yeah, it could yeah. be that, you know, it's, I, Oh my gosh. It's just crazy. Like the grudge. <laughs> I just can't get it out of my mind. You know, like it's really stuck with me. Um, I mean, <laughs> that that's the thing about, because I always say that I like, I feel like I bring up David Lynch a lot and I yeah. actually am very hit or miss with David Lynch. But even if I'm miss, I still like, because the shit's a lot like this where it's not, there's not really a lot of straightforwardness. And like, I still will like delve deep and like love anything where it's like, can be like, I love dissecting a thing that can be dissected. Um, Cause like Adam Sass, Adam Sass loves David Lynch. He's like the biggest David Lynch fan. And I remember like a few years into our friendship, I forget, I tweeted something about how Mulholland Drive, I don't know that I liked it. And he like saw that and he texted me and he was like, wait, our like friendship was talking about that movie. I was like, yeah. I was obsessed with reading about everything about that movie, yeah. but I don't know that that means that I liked it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I wanted to figure out what I absolutely that, feel that for this. Yeah. That movie has a lot of like scenes. Like there's a scene. I, you haven't seen that movie, right? I, I have yet to begin my David Lynch journey. Okay. Yeah. So there's, this isn't a spoiler. There's just like, I mean, I guess it is, but there's a scene that has nothing to do with anything else where I think it's a cop we've seen before meets another cop at a diner. They go out back and there's this like monster woman 
and just looks at him and he dies. And that's it. We don't ever go back to that scene. We don't go back to those characters. It's just he sees this monster woman and it is a scary moment. And she looks like a cave person. And the way it's shot, it like goes, it like pans out and then goes close up on her and then close up on him. And he just dies. And that's it. There's that's no like, drive. That's yeah, it. Like, that's the movie. <laughs> just the main character is Naomi Watts. Like it has nothing to do with that. But there are a lot of scenes like that. And that shit where like, I wanted to read all about that. And I wanted to like, see what it meant. And David Lynch is very like, I'm not explaining it. Teehee. Um, but I... I don't like, I don't always love when the director's like, I don't know what that means. I'm like, no, fucking tell oh, me no, what that I, means. I hate some shit like that. I hate <laughs> shit like that. I think it's it's better with something like this where I could fully see the director being like, I'm just exercising my psyche. Like, I have a lot of shit pent up that I'm just kind of like getting out. Um, but right, because he, he, he said he yeah. said in an interview that like, a lot of it did make, like, he has a reason for it. But mm -hmm. then he said that like, the sister looking under the bed, that was just like creepy. Oh my gosh. And it's crazy. It's crazy it creepy. You know, it's, it's like, um, it's like, and, I, and my mind is trying to pull so much meaning from that. Right. Like the dad tells the sister to look under the bed. She looks under the bed. There's nothing there. She looks back up. The dad's still there. She looks under the bed again, comes back up. And then the mom's there. Um, and then the mom say like, we love you very much or something like we that. We love you and Kevin very much. Ah, oh, it's just I, like, it's so sad. You know, did you feel sad during this at all? Yes, yes. Oh, it was definitely a weird movie to start my birthday with. Oh, I, I, I literally, I, I, I thought it was going to be an art house film, but I thought it was going to be like very different than this. I don't know if I've seen anything like this, you know, um, I truly don't. It was so sad. Um, you know, she, you have Kaylee is the one looking for the parents while Kevin is still downstairs. Kevin has still got that innocence that he is doing what he's told. Um, and it's it's what was really sad about it was that you know he is probably used to whatever is happening in his life that he is comfortable just sitting in front of the couch or in front of the TV in the living room with his Legos, tons of toys. We get that one shot of the toys just like piling up the long ass hallway. What was it, five hundred and seventy two days or something? I just like didn't. And I think that hit the le least for me like it didn't that really didn't do anything for me i didn't really which wait which part the the when it says how many days oh, okay. i guess because the short film does i think the short film did it better is like one does sleep, a bunch of them right? three sleeps yeah. 500 sleeps you know like i was that was that was more unsettling than the 572 days part um well and that's because i know you said you didn't see them but for me that's like absolutely where i see the correlation with house of leaves like that mm -hmm. where it's like this time is passing shit's still like getting crazier and crazier. The house is starting to have, you know, like, cause that's when he walks, when it says that is when he walks into that long room with all the toys. Right. Yeah. Um, and like, that doesn't make sense. And that's, he's like on the ceiling at that point, isn't he? It's um, like, like, what is that? What, so what is right, that? What is right. that? And like, that's, I feel like that shit, if anything lends more mm. to the coma theory. Right. Cause it's yeah. like, your coma can be years you know what i mean like you can just be like comatose um so for me like that's kind of what sells me on it because it's mm. like it says that and like he, that's when he walked like that's when he's in there and you see is it like the dollhouse um that's what kind of sells me on the fact that okay like because otherwise if he was in i don't know if it was like a straightforward monster movie he would have aged right like yeah um but I mean, I guess you could like supernatural, whatever you could say. No, he's not going to age because it's supernatural. Mm -hmm. I don't know. But yeah, I 
this is like definitely a movie that I almost wish there was more to read about. Like I, I felt I like I found like those the theories to just and that was start talking. I yes. think I want the yeah. director to start talking at least like I understand right now, just giving it time to like sizzle and like let everybody right. come up with theories and stuff like that. But I would eventually like the director to, to sort of talk it out, um, explain yes. as much as he can and really let us in because right now we're just on the outside of the door. And, and I think this is a movie that, just because he has an interpretation for it and an intention for it, right? He could come out and say what that was, and I could still see something completely different, right? Yeah. So I don't think it hurts your interpretation at all if he says something. And I'm so tired of directors doing this shit. I really fucking hate it. Don't 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 feed me some. Oh, what do you think it means? Just tell me, okay? It's not going to change yes. what I think anyway. I'm yes, a head I I'm agree. a head cannon boy, you know. <laughs> um, I I am not a head cannon, but yeah. I still like something like this. I feel like it's fine. Like yeah, it's like oh, I interpreted this way because like I don't know, like with the like again, I go back to the Babadook. So many people are so sold on it being like grief and depression, mm. but like I don't know, I still I can understand that, but I still see it as like a straightforward like monster movie. Like mm -hmm. there is this creepy fucking monster that is haunting them. See that movie Wacky. just didn't scare me as much as it scared you. I don't think. Oh, yeah, I just I, I I don't know why it didn't scare me. I love it, and I think the performances in it are fantastic. I love it as like a filmmaking sort of extravaganza, but this I'm like. This like it's deeply unsettled me. I still am deeply very unsettled for it. And I feel so bad for Kevin. I feel so sad for both of them, you know, and they're not real. I don't know who they I don't know what they look like. <laughs> My mind has like told me what they look like though. So like I have a picture of them. Um it's just yeah, I th I think it worked for me. I don't know if I could watch it again. It made me really sad, you know. I don't, I don't I ever want to watch it again. <laughs> I don't think I do either. Um the parodies, the the Peter Marink one is really funny, but I hope there's more parodies coming out about it because it's such a good one to parody. You know, I could see it being really funny on like Saturday Night Live or something. It like the 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 one that Zach's talking about. He sent me. It's a Family Guy one, and like yes, Family Guy. I know, but it's fucking funny. And Family Guy like, is funny. <laughs> well, mm, that is funny. Um, but like, I, it's like. The because that's an older episode, isn't it? When the horse is there. Oh God, that's I don't. Because American remember. Dad does one of those too, mm -hmm. where he like gets a horse and he brings it in bed. Um, but like, it when she's like Peter, a horse, and then Peter, it's just like that again, yeah, and the horse and disappears, and then it's there, and then it's not. It's good for it's good for that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know. I don't think there's a whole lot more that I have to say about it. I think there's just so many questions for it still. I would love to hear what everybody else has to say. Like, this is one I really want to hear y'all's opinions. I, I, this is this is one, um, like, I, I definitely, like, my best friend Kevin, I was like, I want you to see it, but I know he'll hate it because mm -hmm. he gets, like, very mad at nonsense. And I was like, I want you to see it just so I can talk about it with you because... But yeah. I know you'll hate it. But, I like, I this is something that, like, I'm interested in, like, hearing people's takes on... um, Yeah. This is also one that I'm not interested in, like, convincing somebody that it's good. I just want to hear why you don't like it or, like, what you made of it. Um, yeah. But I have no interest in telling somebody you have to watch this. I don't think I would recommend this. I would say you have to go into it just knowing that it is an experience. It's extremely experimental. You're not going to get anything you're thinking. Like, when you picture a movie in your head, you will not get that for this. You know, Um it's, it was a little too long. I think it could have been cut a little bit. Oh, definitely too long. 
And uh, yeah, watch at your own risk, I guess. You might end up depressed. It could be. Um, but I, I don't know. I was, I, I am glad that I had the watch, though. I'm glad that yeah. I have the reference, you know. Yes. Um, it was also a $15,000 budget, which is fantastic. And it has made over a million dollars at this point, like 1.7 or something like that. Wonderful. I also think, um, I don't know, it gave me, it, it did make me a little bit excited. Um, because we think about doing short films all the time or like a full length or something, like some sort of video project. And it made me a little excited to see like what somebody can do and what emotion like they can bring out of something. I'm like, what can we fucking do, man? Like, what can we do to like scare people, make people? I don't know if I want to make people think. <laughs> but I don't know. It just, you know, it's it's I get excited seeing filmmakers with like no resources just do. I don't want to make you people know, think. Cool shit. I get I get real excited for for that. So. Which reminds me, uh, after this, I have something. To, uh, there's something I want to make you watch, but we'll, well talk there about we it. go. Okay, we're gonna end our skin and marine uh, conversation here. I need to turn a light on before I get too scared because my feet are. I'm now thinking something is gonna touch my feet in a second. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I love when it's reversed. I love. I was on time today. I'm, I'm spooky. The, the less scared Ian was, one. Ian was on time, and I are we are we are completely reversed right now. Um, in Ian New is York, Kaylee, it happened a I lot am too. Kevin. In New York, it happened a lot too, which made me very happy. I don't understand how anybody can be on time in New York. It doesn't make sense <laughs> to me. Yeah, it's impossible. Um, we're back for season three, guys. We, uh, as you've watched this one, we should have had a Wolfpack reaction. Our next one, I think we're going to do Knock at the Cabin Door, right? Is what we talked oh, about. Okay. I think, well, I thought so. Okay. Anyway, well, sure. <laughs> we're happy to be back. And uh, let yes. us know your skin of thoughts, and we will see you next time. Bye.